We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. We are so excited today to have the opportunity to talk with Marianne Williamson, about her latest and extremely vital book, A Course in Weight Loss, 21 Spiritual Lessons for Surrendering Your Weight Forever. This book is vital because, as Dean Ornish, who writes the foreword of this book, so clearly informs us, the lifestyle choices we make each day can literally turn on the genes that prevent disease, cancer, and other illnesses. But even more important than that, he tells us, there is an even deeper root cause that powerfully affects our life choices, and that is the separation from who we really are the misperception that we are separate and only separate. And that is what Marianne is writing about in this book and what we'll be talking about today. Most of us know that Marianne Williamson is an internationally acclaimed spiritual teacher. Six of her ten published books have been New York Times bestsellers, and four of those have been number one on the list. A Return to Love is considered a must-read of the new spirituality, a paragraph from that book beginning, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Often misattributed to Nelson Mandela's inaugural address is considered an anthem for a contemporary generation of seekers. Marianne's latest New York Times bestseller, A Course in Weight Loss, our topic for today, was selected by Oprah to be one of her 2010 favorite things. She's a popular TV guest on Oprah, Larry King Live, Good Morning America, and Charlie Rose. Marianne has done extensive charitable organization throughout the country, including Project Angel Food in Los Angeles and the Grassroots Campaign to establish a U.S. Department of Peace. So today, we get the opportunity to hear from Marianne about this wonderful subject, so very important today, as, as weight is an issue all over our TV station. So thank you, Marianne, for being here. Thank you for having me. You dedicate this book to Oprah Winfrey and say that she inspired and directed the course and the vision of this book. So can you tell us about the inspiration for this book? Well, as she herself wrote in a piece um, in O Magazine, we were just hanging out outside her office and I heard her talking to someone else about some diet situation or plan. And I just made a comment, an offhanded comment, that anybody with any kind of a background in the knowledge of such things would say, I simply said, if you could do it by yourself, you would have done it by now. Mm-hmm. And she asked me what I meant, and I told her that I would write um, 
some emails to her later. And I did that. I wrote 30 days of lessons. And then she said, these should be a book. And so that became the basis for uh, the book that I wrote and that she was very involved in editing, et cetera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the the issue, just like any other, other, has to do with this whole process you've been telling us about for years about fear and about oneness. Well, that's the point. You know, I'm not an, a diet expert. I'm not an exercise expert. Um, that's not the area of my expertise at all. What, what I write about and talk about and apply to the best of my ability specifically to this issue in this book is how miracles happen. That's, that's what uh, spirituality is about. The Course in Miracles says you think you have many different problems, but you really only have one. And that is your separation from God, going back to what you, you know, the quote you gave from Dean Ornish. So even though it seems like your problem is substance abuse, your problem is weight loss, your problem is drugs, alcohol, sex addiction, whatever it is, the real problem is that place within you where, for whatever reason, there's an aspect of yourself that has, that has become, uh, that has broken away from the authentic you. It is, it is like a fractal of personality, and it leads to profound self-betrayal. It leads instead of to, it's, it's not the angel of your better nature. It is the opposite of that. It is the lower self, as it were. It is that which propels us not towards behavior of goodness, truth, compassion, love, creativity, and joy, but rather it is that force which leads us to thought and behavior of self-destruction, um, violence, a lack of compassion, judgment, criticism. You know, it's what leads the individual to private hell, and it's what leads the collectives to the very, you know, collective hells of war and uh, horrible things like that. Right, right. Yeah, and the subconscious factors in here, you said uh, that uh, the subconscious mind, unless the subconscious mind is enrolled in our efforts, and of course that could be efforts for anything, but today we're talking about weight, you say, quote, it will find a way to reconstitute the excess weight regardless of what we do. So can you explain that? Well, that's, that's really the issue when you're talking about weight loss. Your conscious mind, uh, you know, you're intelligent, you're, you've got self-discipline, you've got self-control, your conscious mind is totally enrolled in the effort, I'm going to lose 20 pounds or 70 pounds or whatever it is, I'm going to follow this diet, I'm going to, to exercise. If it were only that simple... Right? That's why people say, well, I know what you have to do, just don't eat so much. Well, it's easy for someone to say who doesn't have this compulsion. And for some people, the compulsive pattern moves even beyond that into an actual addictive pattern. Every addictive uh, eater is a compulsive eater. Not every compulsive eater is an addict. An addict being someone for whom particular trigger foods, certain carbs, chemically processed, refined sugar, or whatever, actually triggers chemically inside them um, something no less destructive than what alcohol does to the alcoholic. But whether it's compulsive or, or addictive, the point is your self-control isn't enough to override its dictates. Your intelligence doesn't override its dictates. Your rational mind cannot override its dictates. That's what a compulsion or addiction does. It overrides your own intelligence. It overrides your own better knowing. Now, the spiritual issue here is that God overrides the compulsion. Because if you, with your conscious mind, are very clear, I'm only going to eat a certain amount of calories today, I'm going to exercise today, but your subconscious mind is not enrolled in that effort, then no matter what you do, uh, you will end up sabotaging your efforts. And that's the despair. 
of uh, the situation. That's what causes so much suffering. It's not just the, the size of your body, but the self-hatred and the self-loathing that then sets in. Right. Because we get so discouraged. Right. And maybe originally, too. Right. 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 Okay, so you say that our excess weight is caused by fear. Can you explain more about that? Well, from a spiritual perspective, love is the essence of who we are. Every thought of love we have is a, law of the, is a, is a thought of the authentic self, the true self, whether you call it the Christ self, the Buddha self, the light self, the light within, whatever terminology we use. And every thought we have that is not loving is our own mental power in a kind of perverted state. And the Course in Miracles says the relationship of love to fear is the same as the relationship of light to dark. That darkness is not something, it's the absence of something. And so it is with fear. Now this fear takes many forms. A lot of times uh, in, the, in the person dealing with something like food uh, compulsion, a fear of feeling my feelings, a fear of other people, a fear of being attractive. Uh, a fear of, you know, and then fear takes many different forms. Anger then is a product of fear. Unforgiveness is a product of fear. But the idea here from a spiritual perspective is that all negative emotions, what we call negative emotions, arise from fear. Right, right. So when we, when we sort of, they talk in pop magazines about stuffing your feelings, really we're not just stuffing feelings, we're, we're not paying attention to what the underlying cause of the feelings is, which is fear. Well, exactly. The, the person who eats to quote-unquote stuff their feelings is someone whose emotional sewage system is on the blink. Now, look how this works in the body. You chew food, you take it into your mouth, you chew it, and then you digest it. And all kinds of processes going on in the digestive tract. And then the body eliminates what it doesn't need. It keeps the nutrients and eliminates the rest. Now, what happens emotionally is the same thing when we are healthy. You have an experience, and you literally, you chew on it. You process it. You think about it. You go through the feelings. And as you do that in a healthy way, then the psyche eliminates everything but the blessing, everything but the lesson learned. And that's how we grow, and that's how we're nourished by life. If your emotional sewage system is on the blank, you don't blink, you don't chew on your feelings, you don't digest them, you don't process them, and usually it's because something happened in childhood, something happened earlier in our lives, to put this, this place in our psyche on the blink. Usually it was a trauma, even if it was a more gradual rolling trauma of adolescence, and we're afraid to, 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 to allow the experience in because something in the psyche is afraid that it's going to be overwhelming. That, that will die if we experience it. Mm-hmm. So what happens, literally, and because of, you know, there is a statistical correlation um, between the rate of obesity and the rate of child molestation in this country, uh, for many people who um, were raped or molested, what happens or whipped, all kinds of things can lead to this. Then you literally uh, jump up outside the body in that moment in order to psychically escape. And then for some people, they never quite come back into the body. So... What happens then is that the emotional energy has to go somewhere. It doesn't get destroyed. If you, if you don't process it, yes, we know energy cannot be destroyed. So what happens in cases like that is the energy not being appropriately processed literally, literally becomes impacted in the flesh. Literally, the energy then turns into excess flesh. And in many people's lives, that's what all that poundage is. 
So it's kind of like embedding software. Yes, it is exactly like embedding software. Yeah, yeah, okay. And we have just a, um, a minute before the break now, So, uh, but I want to just start this, and maybe we can get back to it after the break. You talk about learning to love the part of ourselves that overeats. And that, to most people, sounds like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So, well, what are you talking about? Yes. Well, first of all, what we want here is a miracle. And a miracle occurs naturally in the presence of love. So if I know love is the key to my miracle, how can I hate my body? How can I look in the mirror and go, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, and have a miracle? Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting because... You know, a lot of times people say, I hate my body, but one of the things I talk about in the, in, the, in the book is, why do you hate your body? Your body didn't do this to you. You did this to it. Your body has kept up its part of the, of the relationship, even though you have, have burdened it with extra pounds that it, it was not meant to carry. It continues to, you know, your lungs continue to work, your heart continues to beat, and you realize that the part of your psyche that overeats is a wounded part of yourself. To hate it is... It is just more of the same game of violence towards self. It's a part of you that really isn't craving food. It's craving love. It's craving reintegration into your psyche. Okay. I'm going to interrupt you there for just a second. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back with more from Marianne Williamson. Thank you. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness Research is transforming healthcare. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. 
You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with more from Marianne Williamson today. We're talking about her book, uh, A Course in Weight Loss, 21 Spiritual Lessons for Surrendering Your Weight Forever. And what we were saying just before the break was that uh, the idea of learning to love yourself or that part of ourselves that overeats is sometimes difficult for us to imagine. But you were saying that love is what creates the miracle, and I wanted to be sure you were finished with that. I had to cut you off there. Well, I think we actually did complete it. We were talking about the issue that if love produces miracles, but I hate my body because I'm overweight and I just, every time I look at it, I say, I hate you and I hate myself for this, then that actually deflects the miracle that you need to solve the problem. So you had asked about the lesson where you actually write a letter to not thin you. And I was talking about the fact that the aspect of self which leads to the compulsive behavior is an unintegrated part of the psyche that does not really stand there demanding food. It's, it's standing there demanding love, asking for reintegration and acceptance. So the, the Course in Weight Loss is 21 very specific lessons in how to go about dismantling this deep subconscious conundrum which, where we hold on to the very thinking that is bound to keep us in the very same behavior that causes the problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, once again, it's always love that sets us free. Yeah, and, and you, you talk in the book about the God of our understanding, and so we know we're going to just say this here for our listening audience, that the God, whoever God is for each individual that's listening is their God. But this idea that God is judge... Um, in sort of infects how we look at ourselves. And looking at God as healer rather than judge is an issue, and I wanted to ask you to speak to that if you would. For just well, yeah, I mean, that's a fascinating one. If, if my overeating is a mistake and I look at God as my judge, then I, I would feel that, that God is judging me for this. How do I... I, how do I then ask God to help me if he would be theoretically judging me for having the problem to begin with. Rather, we see God as the healer. Dear God, help me. And it's difficult. You know, if if God is only my judge, how is he also my healer? But when we do ask God for a miracle, we, we realize that God is not here to judge us. God is here to heal us. God is here to correct us. God is here to lift us up. It's the ego self. Uh, the part of the self which is the anti-God, the anti-Christ, the ego mind, whatever we want to call it, that's which leads is that which leads us in, to non-loving uh, behavior towards self and the projection onto God that that's who He is is I think being corrected in people's minds. God is infinite love and mercy, and when we atone for our errors and uh, take responsibility for our errors and ask God's help, God is that which heals us and works the miracle that sets us free. Right. And in that same vein, you also tell us, and this is a quote, that the, self, the real self is eternally innocent and eternally chaste. That's right. a hard one for most people to swallow. So brainwashed are we with our separation from the divine. So can you explain that? Well, and I think many people misunderstand it. Many people think that we're saying there that people can't make mistakes. People make terrible mistakes. Terrible, horrible things do happen. I mean, look at something like the Holocaust. I mean, there is evil in this world. 
I mean, this is not some la-la, ditzy, la-la land, uh, ditzy spirituality that does not grapple with the, with the problem of evil in the world. And I think that sometimes uh, the higher consciousness community deserves its own bad rap because it, it fails to deal uh, with the question of evil. What we're saying is not that evil does not exist. What we're saying is not that sin, you know, sin is an archery term. It means you miss the mark. The idea is that from the new spirituality says sin is not something you did that's so bad that God wants to cast you into hell. Right. The, the, the sin, we are not punished for our sins. We're punished by our sins. Mm-hmm. And that means that when I act in a way that is not aligned with the love within me, which is the God-created self, then I do something that causes pain to me. I don't even have to wait till after I die. It will cause terrible pain to me and to others. But God is not here to punish us for that. God sees these things as mistakes to be corrected. And that not only has to do with the real personality character defects, it also has to do with addiction and compulsion, which, you know, maybe doesn't hurt anyone else, only hurts us. You know, if I'm an overeater, this is not something bad I'm doing to other people. It's simply something I'm doing that's a pain to myself. It's a self-betrayal. It's violence towards self. And yes, it's a threat to my health and possibly to my lifespan. So this is where you realize that God is always there. There is no spot where God is not. God is not deciding uh, which problem he'll help us with. Anytime we call out to God uh, with whatever issue we have in our lives, it is built into the very nature of the universe that our prayers are heard. Mm -hmm. And I think too many people, when dealing with something like uh, food, you know, issues, you know, we fall into the silly thinking like, well, God has better things to think about. Well, God is so big and so awesome and so all-powerful that uh, you can put anything in his plate. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, he, he has enough time. So, you know, there's a part in The Course of Miracles where it says, you don't ask God for too much. You ask God for too little. Yeah, absolutely. And I always think when, I, when, when you say that, it always reminds me of all the little teeny tiny little things in the world, the cells of our body, that somebody paid attention to. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The God, God who can hold, uh, hold the planets revolving around the sun and the embryo, turn the embryo into baby uh, can handle the circumstances of your little life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You also say, uh, and this is again as a quote, nothing you've ever done and nothing anyone has ever done to you could make you imperfect, make them perfect what God created perfect. And I love that. That's uh, that old... Uh, in the vernacular, God didn't make no trash. (laughs) That's exactly right. God did not create junk. And of course, what we're talking about there is not your mortal self, but your immortal self, that which is true about us, that which is that light, whether you call it the Christ light or Buddha light or light or Shekinah. I mean, many different religious traditions have a name for it, but it is the inalterable and unchangeable and immortal self that God created us to be. Absolutely. And you also say one of the reasons people consume anything too much is because they don't consume other things enough. Yes. I I want to talk about that because I think that's so core. Well, it is really core. It's the idea that when God does not take up enough space, you know, sometimes people say, oh, well, I don't, you know, want to have a relationship with God. I don't think I need a crutch. I don't want to lean on God, which is so ridiculous, because if you don't lean on God, let me tell you, you're going to lean on something or somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, when to lean on God is to find your own independence as a, as a human being. 
So the idea of allowing God to nourish us, to know that God is the source, to have a, a complete dependence and communion with God in our lives is what makes us able to live in the world without inappropriate dependence on people or substances. I mean, that's such an important issue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You said that so well, too. Thank you. And then the idea of starting a love affair with food, I mean, I know that some people in the listening audience are going, really? Seriously? Yeah, I, exactly. When I, I wrote that, that's the, head, that's the title of a chapter. It says, yeah. start a love affair with food. And then I write in the first paragraph of the chapter, you probably think you just caught a typo. Because you think, I couldn't possibly be saying start a love affair with food. You would think I would be saying end your love affair with food. But, no, I'm absolutely clear on what I'm saying there. It's start a love affair with food, and this is why. If you are a compulsive eater, you don't have a love affair with food. You have a, an obsessive relationship with food. And there's a big difference between love and an obsessive relationship. And the, everybody should have a love of food. Food is what God has created to nourish us. There's nothing wrong with real love of food, but most people who are uh, compulsive eaters, they don't love food. They eat too fast to love it. They eat too much to be able to love it because you never have that wonderful experience of being hungry and then mm, really feeling what it feels like to be sated, to feel the flavors anymore because you're probably filling yourself with uh, so much or so inappropriate a kind of food that your taste buds don't even get there anymore. So this idea that, you know, some people say, well, my problem with my weight comes from the fact that I just love food too much. And in that lesson, I make a big distinction between an obsessive relationship and love of food. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do uh, is to dismantle the obsessiveness and to substitute for the obsessiveness a healthy relationship of food where where you really can love it. And by the way, one of the things that I, I say in that lesson is the only way to have a love affair with food is to love food that can love you back. You know, a hot fudge Sunday does not love you. Two hot fudge Sundays do not love you. They cause cancer. They cause osteoporosis, heart disease. The food that loves you is the food that nature, nature's bounty, was created to, to nourish you over millions of years. So you can't, have, you can't love food that doesn't love you back. That's no real love affair. So we, in learning to love ourselves, we, we literally learn, and you know, I'm not saying it happens in a day. The problem didn't, uh, didn't, it wasn't created in a day, and I'm not saying it won't be all gone in a day. But when all of this comes together, you, you look at certain food that you, you previously thought, mm, I can't wait, and you go, there's nothing loving about doing that to myself. That refined sugar is poison. Forget how many calories, that, it's poison. It's, it's, it's not a loving thing to do to myself. And that's really, your brain gets reprogrammed. This is much more than disciplining yourself to not eat it. It's a much deeper healing than that. Mm-hmm. Out of love for yourself, you want to eat food that loves you back, that right. builds your strength, that builds your muscles, that builds your brain cells, that, that revitalizes your body chemistry. 
Right, and you're, you know, that's. I'm sitting here listening to you and thinking how comparable that is to trying to find a healthy relationship with. It, well, that, that we're talking about a healthy relationship. Yep. It's yep. not just comparable; it's the same thing. Everything in life, the Course in Miracles says, is a relationship issue, and that's why this book it's about a new relationship with your body, with food, with yourself, and with God. So we we are talking about repairing a relationship. You you have a broken relationship with your body and a broken relationship with food, and we are talking about the repair of a relationship, and the principles are the same as in repairing a relationship with another human being. Mm-hmm. You know, you have an obsessive relationship when you're grasping for love from a person who doesn't love you back, and you keep trying too hard. Right. Hello. Right. Yeah, there it is. Nothing's coming back here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> have you noticed? Yep, that's right. Yeah, and and uh, that whole idea is, is that we're into this thing so much that it's, it's taken over our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And it has become a compulsion and in some cases an addiction. Yeah. So you also say that um, scientists haven't discovered the explanation for how emotional changes produce physical changes. And you tell us it's particularly blind to the malleability of fat. And I know we're, I don't want to, I know you don't and I don't want to get into a scientific discussion, but that whole idea is just profound. The idea that emotional changes can create physical changes. Can you say something about that? Well, you know, Dean Ornish, in his introduction to the book, talks about how psychological and emotional changes literally trigger uh, our genetic makeup and literally triggers the activities. You know, uh, science is mystified. We have not discovered yet all the ways in which certain cells go in a certain direction. What, what makes the cell go wrong in this, in this area? What makes it go right? And so sometimes you don't wait for science to explain it to you. You just go directly for the thought or behavior that would make the change. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to be back with more from Marianne Williamson in just a few more minutes, so stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Want to change your life? The New York Open Center can help. We offer hundreds of ongoing classes, workshops, and professional trainings that heal the body, nurture the spirit, and awaken your true potential. Visit opencenter.org to check out our programs in holistic health, self-development, spiritual practices, creative arts, and much more. With our wellness services, bookstore, and cafe, we're an oasis in the heart of the city. And with Open Center Online Learning, you no longer have to be in New York to take classes. Visit opencenter.org today. 
Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research education and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community and the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And it's also sponsored by the New York Open Center, dedicated to nurturing body, mind, and spirit through holistic learning and world culture. Workshops, classes, and professional trainings, training in the arts and holistic health, spiritual inquiry, psychology, and more are offered daily. Faculty this season includes Elizabeth Gilbert, Julia Cameron, Anodia Judith, and Thomas Moore, to name just a few. Visit www.opencenter.org to see all that is available at the Open Center, as well as their newly created online opportunities. And today we're talking with Marianne Williamson about her wonderful book, A Course in Weight Loss. And listeners, you should read this book. It's not something we can really disclose all the ins and outs of on the show, and it actually is a workbook. You can work in the workbook itself. So I really encourage you to get this book, even if you're not having a problem with weight loss. It's, a, it's an amazing book that, for self-discovery. So today uh, uh, we were talking just before the break about uh, how this this part of us that is starting a love affair with food, and in the process of starting a love affair with food, we're also starting a love <clears throat> affair with the body and with our own internal energy and beginning sort of a dialogue with our fears and sort of the darker things. Can you talk a little bit about that journey? Well, one of the things I said earlier was this problem didn't... Um, didn't happen in just a day, and it's not going to be unraveled in just a day. But whether it's a relationship with a person, a relationship with your own body, a relationship with food, or even a relationship with yourself, or a relationship with God, you take the steps. You do what you can on any given day, and you slow down and you become more conscious. And that's why meditation, prayer, journaling, forgiveness, really making certain lifestyle decisions to the best of your ability are very much a part of the process. If you, for instance, live at the effect of the stress of the world constantly, you have the television on too much or on the computer too much, 
you are constantly being assaulted these days. All of us are. There's a lot of stress in the world. You know, the assault of all this electronic equipment and this data and the 24-hour news cycle and uh, just the general agitation and stress of a time like this in our society. This stress is something that all of us have to deal with. And if you are a compulsive eater, then that's your fallback position. What then happens is that, you know, you take your stress and it makes you, you rush to the refrigerator, you rush to the cupboard. Well, we are all realizing that the stress itself is a killer. And the stress is, a, is the dominant cause of disease. So that's why the cultivation of the sacred is absolutely central to a real healing of the heart and of the mind and of the body. And the, the course in weight loss takes you through those steps. Uh, as any serious spiritual path does. And then as you begin to realize more and more that it's in those stress points that you do fall back into this position of the unwise eating, you can't just say, you know, it's not as simple as I'm about to binge, oh, be mindful, about to binge, oh, handle your stress differently. If it were that easy, nobody would really have this problem anymore. Come on. When you're talking about a compulsion or even an addiction, you're talking about an accumulation of energy that overrides self-discipline. It overrides the conscious mind. It overrides reason. And only God can override the compulsion. So that's why you can't wait for a compulsive moment and then try to get all spiritual on yourself. Rather, it takes a daily practice beginning in the morning where you really see this as something much bigger than weight loss, this is a sacred journey. This is a journey to God. This is a new way to live. You won't get rid of this problem on a fundamental level until there's a, a decision. I'm going to live my life with God in a whole new level. Because to live your life with God is to reweave your own nervous system back into its natural patterning of true self that instead of here I'm coming from the better angel of my nature, here I'm acting my best, here I'm acting my best, and then all of a sudden, wham, I go into some behavioral pattern of complete self-destructiveness and self-sabotage, such as eating the whole cake. You know, you, you come to realize I need to reweave my psyche. My psyche has to be rewoven back into the natural God-created pattern at the center of my being. And that's not just something I can try to do in this minute or that minute. It becomes a new walk with self, a new, new kind of journey we take through life. And that's what the spiritual path is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I am going to tell our listeners now this is going to be your last segment, so I want to change the subject back. I can to... stay with you, Andrea, if, you, if you'd like to. Oh, that would be wonderful. Cool. That would be wonderful. Um, yeah, so I will do this in the next segment then, and we'll continue with this discussion. Um, we, uh, the, the idea of um, the reasons why people consume, all of that is, is so very important. We say that we've got a reason for why we do it, but what you're saying there is that the, the subconscious overrides the consciousness, and we're talking really about a kind of emotional detox. We are talking about an emotional detox. We're talking, when we were talking before about how unprocessed emotions literally get impacted in the flesh. You can't release those emotions except the way they came in. You know, we talked earlier about the fact that if you do not chew on the, on the experience, if you do not process it, then what happens is that the psychic energy it represents never gets let go and it becomes impacted in the flesh. So what happens is that you ha it has to come up 
in order to be released. And, you know, one of the things I say in the book at the beginning of one of the chapters, I say, well, you probably hate me by now. You probably hate this book. You're probably throwing the book across the room by now. And all that that says to me is that you're actually reading it. Mm -hmm. Because what is happening is that these emotions that have become impacted in your flesh that have to come up in order to be released are doing so. But now you're in a sacred context. You are surrounded in this book through the cultivation of prayerfulness and a sacred sensibility. And so these things do come up, and they're released, and they no longer have to stay in your flesh. They no longer have to be a burden either on your body or on your soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you say two things there that I think is so very important. You said, think of pain as feverishly burning up fear. That's right. And you also said uh, sometimes it's only through crying tears that need to be shed that we dissolve the unhappiness that caused them. And I think that's so very important, particularly today, in, uh, where you said a little while ago that a lot of the, the new thought, uh, new spirituality sort of movement is leaning away from us processing emotions this way. And I think it's so important to just put that out there. Well, our whole society, we have an absolute epidemic, casual use of antidepressants, which I think is, is obscene. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one thing for a seriously clinically depressed person to turn to psychotherapeutic drugs, and sometimes they can be lifesavers. There's no doubt about that. Right. But we are living in a society now so obsessed with the idea of a cheap and easy, happy, happy, be happy. And, you know, psychic pain is like physical pain. There's a reason it's there. If I have a broken leg and my leg didn't hurt, how would I know it was broken? How would I know it had to be reset? Well, and, I, and even if I take a painkiller, it's not instead of resetting the leg. So if you have psychic pain, there's a reason for it. Now, I'm not talking about deep clinical depression. I'm talking about the, the sadness that a person learns to cope with. And so what's happening in our society is that people are so afraid of a sad day. And so if you either take a pharmaceutical or you just eat enough to try to numb the pain, then this, is, this, 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 this leads to disasters on the other end. Right. And the idea here is that even a happy life has some sad days until we're at the level of complete enlightened master, you know? And you can learn to be sad and to know, you know what? Today's sad. I get it. And I allow the sadness. I'm going to allow it. I don't have to act out dysfunctionally just because I'm sad. I can just be sad. I can give myself permission to be sad. This was a painful experience. I am disappointed. I am sad. I am jealous. I lost that job. I didn't get my promotion. And you know what? A normal, conscious, sober, mature person who is not yet an enlightened master would be sad. And I'm going to let myself be sad. But I, if I allow myself to be sad, then I will be less tempted to act out in dysfunctional ways, eating too much, drinking too much, taking drugs, or whatever. And I think that's an extremely important issue. Um, and until we deal with those kinds of things, then the stress of that emotion will lead us to the fallback position. And if you're an overeater, you know what that position is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have the added pain that the, you know, that kind of dimension of cruelty that the overeater deals with, which is you feel it every time you look in the mirror. Right, right. <laughs> And feel judged by other people. And feel judged by other people. That's exactly right. Right. I'm an embarrassment to my kids or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I, you know, I think what you said there is important because it's it, we're talking about the whole idea of depression. You compared those two, and and I want to say this before we take the break that sometimes that sad day is just like you said, a sad day. It's not a depressing day. That's exactly right. Right. All right. Well, we're going to be back with Marianne again in just a few minutes, so stay tuned for our last segment. for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness Research is transforming healthcare. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260 day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. You live for the firsts in your child's life. But how do you cope with the firsts that come after your child is diagnosed with cancer? CureSearch.org connects you to the doctors and scientists whose collaborative research has turned childhood cancer from a nearly incurable disease to one with an overall cure rate of 78%. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Well, I think we could talk to Marianne Williamson about this topic all day, but unfortunately this is her last segment, so I want to give her an opportunity to tell you, the listening audience, about what things she has coming up that you might be interested in attending or learning about. Well, first of all, if someone goes to my website, Marianne.com, and puts their name on my email list, then when I'm traveling in your area or anything like that, you would receive a notice. So that's first of all. In terms of this book, A Course in Weight Loss, um, I also have a meditation tape, Meditations on Weight Loss, uh, also available through my website or Amazon.com or Hay House or whatever. There is a mini site, www.acourseinweightloss.com, 
which is a way that people can share and give support as they're going through this journey. There's, you know, like they talk in AA about how you can't do this alone. So a lot of people um, working with my book since the alone zone, as I talk about it in the book, is so much a part of the problem with people, either behaviorally in terms of secret eating or also in terms of the isolation from others that often feeds the compulsion uh, itself. The idea of sharing with others on this site can be very helpful, both in terms of, of giving support and receiving support. And also, I do a very intensive three-day retreat. I did one in San Diego uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was really amazing. You can read comments from people saying, you know, it was like really amazing in their lives. I'm doing another one in April, from April 14th through 17th in Phoenicia, New York. And if you uh, go onto my website, Marianne.com, you can learn more about that. A very intensive three days working on a course in weight loss. And if, you know, this material resonates with you and you feel that this is for you, then uh, I hope you'll come there. Wonderful, wonderful. Lots of opportunities out there for us to really join hands and work with this together. Okay, uh, I want to ask uh, a really, I think, important question here, and that is what do you mean by the body brilliant? Well, that's the very last chapter in the book. And by the end of the book, you're a mystic, you know. By the end of the book, you've you've really transitioned from just seeing this as a body issue to seeing it as a spiritual issue. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about how, you know, there's an astral body, there's an etheric body, the spiritual body, in other words. And the Course in Miracles says that enlightenment is the process by which we shift from body identification to spiritual identification, spirit identification, where you realize I'm more than my body. My body was born and my body will die. But God created the real me, and the real me is spirit. It was here before we were born. It will be here after we we are born. And the issue is that your spirit does not weigh anything. Now, if I identify and over-identify with my body and my mortal drama, then I'm always carrying around dense thought forms, weighty thought forms. And so I then subconsciously create a weighty container for my being. The more I transition to a sense of myself as literally light, myself as spirit, then I begin to subconsciously create a lighter container because I'm more focused on myself as spirit than myself as body. In other words, your body brilliant. Your real body is the body of that light which is within you by whatever name people call it. And that mystical shift, that spiritual shift inside our thinking manifests as a shift in our physical container. And by the end of the book, you're ready to receive that in a deeper, at a deeper and deeper level as you walk through life And it becomes not just an idea, not just an intellectual construct, but an actual experiential reality that you feel yourself walking more lightly through life. Right. And so the body brilliant, uh, that is the spiritual body, can inhabit then the physical body. I mean, yes, but it doesn't already. But it already does. It does. Yeah, I think yeah. that's really the point. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's that you become conscious. That's what your conscious awareness is, uh, not just always densely like this situation or that situation. But but the idea that the love of God is not just an abstraction; it's the emotional center and ground of your being. Mm-hmm. So well put. Yes. That's, Thank you. Yes, that's very good. 
Okay, another thing I want to I want to go back from the brilliant body now and talk about this idea. Problems must leave through the same door they came in. Can you explain that? Well, that's we, we mentioned a little bit of that before, and it's why doing the actual course in weight loss involves some journaling. We were talking earlier about how a lot of times the 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 actual substance of excess flesh is unprocessed emotions. And the, you can't get rid of them except by processing them now. If I didn't look at this issue before and, and because I didn't look at it, I didn't digest it, it just became impacted in my flesh, I need to look at it now. And that's what that detox process is. Things have to come up in order to be released. And that's why it's a very specific curriculum in A Course in Weight Loss by which you go through writing out the things, going back to the things that you need to go through in order to forgive them and release them now. Right. And I, want to, I wanted to bring that up because I think one of the things that happens sometimes when we get really desperate about losing weight is that we start really just sort of carving away pieces of ourselves. And, and in that process, we, we're so determined to to find out what it is that, that we're holding in our body, what fear, what emotion, whatever that we're holding in our body, that we're going at it from an intellectual perspective rather than from the gentle emotional perspective that you've talked about in the book. So can you say a little bit about that? Well, when you walk your journey through life with a sense of holding God's hand, then there is a tenderness and a mercy and a gentleness and a peace that accompanies you. Literally, if you're seeking to change only from an intellectual place, as Sigmund Freud said, intelligence will be used in the service of the neurosis. If you're seeking to change things just on an external plane or even on an intellectual plane or even on a psychological plane, sometimes it lacks the mercy and the tenderness and the deeper spiritual qualities that are necessary to, to get that frightened little child inside yourself to move off the dime. Mm-hmm. And that's why bringing in the spiritual element, not just as an abstraction, but through the actual cultivation, through practice, prayer, meditation, building the altar, the forgiveness exercises, the, the, the kinds of things I talk about in the book and that any serious religious or spiritual path talks about, then you're moving into a different place in your heart. It, it's, it's a different place in your psyche. It's a different place in your soul. And that makes all the difference. And it's the only way to make fundamental changes in your body. Yep. And I love the way you say that, moving into, because it really is moving into. It is beginning to inhabit that, that other place in Absolutely. your body. Yep. Mm-hmm. A different ground of being on which you stand. Yep. Yep, it is. You know, I, I want to say to the listening audience, each one of these lessons, and there's 21 of them, and we have... We have touched on a few of them today, but we have not gone over each one of them, and I deliberately did not get Marianne to, to uh, you know, mention them or, or go through a list of them, because each one of them is so power-packed that you have to sit with it for a while, and that, so that's why I encourage you to get this book. There's, uh, you know, that you're going to be literally doing some some detox, some emotional detox, and also you talk about soul surgery in the book as well, that, that there's a way of really tapping into those <clears throat> excuse me, deepest regions of your soul to find out who you really are. So we're, I guess we're done for today, and thank you again, Marianne, for being on the show. Thank you so much. I really thank appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate your giving me the opportunity. Oh, you're so welcome. We're glad to hear from you. 
And remember, uh, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. And remember that next week we're going to be interviewing Don Jose Ruiz about he and his father's latest book, The Fifth Agreement. So tune in for that. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.